as we just continue to wait upon the Lord and as we step into this new year and, and felt like the, the verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 just felt, um, they felt, with, they felt like they carried so much weight as, as they began to pray them over each one of us. As went down the list in our WhatsApp group, as went down the list of people who have been part of our, our family over the last number of months, that in this year that we would become more like Jesus. And uh, and as as we were worshiping there, I uh, I'm reluctant to go too far off on a tangent, but if, as we were worshiping, there's there's verses in the Bible that tell us to be holy as He is holy, to be perfect as He is perfect, and. And I don't know about you, but there's times where I read those verses and they, seem, they just seem like this, is, this must be a mistake that this is here. But you know, there, there, there's, two ways of, there's two ways of looking at this. There's two, there's two understandings of, of approaching this verse. There's the Greek understanding. There's the Greek understanding which says, literally means be perfect as he is perfect. There was a standard that the Greeks uh, expected from people that they would be perfect in the same way that that God was perfect and raised these expectations, raised these standards, which ultimately nobody could live by. Or there's the Hebrew understanding, and the Hebrew understanding was that we that we walk with him, we walk with him in spite of our imperfections. We walk close to him, being made holy, being made more like him, but we walk with him in our imperfections. It's two different ways of understanding and and it's the Hebrew way that I think makes much more sense to me as I consider uh, as I consider my own life and as I consider just coming before him in worship. But that's what I think he's calling us to. I will rise when he calls my name. And, and this morning, this, this morning, it doesn't even, it almost doesn't matter that it's the start of the new year. He's calling your name. And no matter where you find yourself, I suppose no matter where you find yourself in this trajectory of becoming more like him, he's calling your name. He's calling your name. And, uh, and so let me pray just as we step into uh, what, I, what I believe the Lord has led on our hearts for uh, the next number of weeks. So Father, I thank you, for, thank you for your presence with us. I thank you that as, uh, as we've been in a place of worship, calling out to you, singing with the ancient song of thousands of years old, joining with that, with the ancient song, worthy is the lamb. You're worthy. We join with that. We join with the song. We join with uh, what has been passed down and continues to be passed down. And as we worship you, you are looking, searching for hearts set on you. Not those who are perfect, not those who have it all worked together, but those whose whose gaze is towards you, those who whose hearts are set towards you, and you're calling us by name. And would you give us the ears to hear that today? Would you give us the ears to hear that in the environments and the communities and the families where we are, where we find ourselves? We'd hear you calling our name, you hearing us, hear you. Uh, beckoning us closer for more for deeper so would you just uh, Holy Spirit would you continue just to move among us captivate our 
hearts and our minds this morning. I need you this morning, Holy Spirit. It becomes a futile exercise without you. And so I want to come with that understanding as we set out and as we continue this morning that we all, there's a, there's a, there's a need of you for all of us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and let me read, let me read the, the first five verses, let me read the first five verses of Luke chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake, whatever the name that is, with the people crowding around him, uh, and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen. Who were washing their nets and he got into one of the boats he got into the one belonging to Simon and he asked Simon to put out a little from the shore and then Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat in verse 4 when he had finished speaking he said to Simon put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch Simon answered master we have worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. We can't leave it there. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, filled the boats, both boats, so full that they began to sink. And so our, as you can see, thanks to Paul, we are, we are wanting to start off this new year um, with this theme, Into the Deep. We, I, I felt a couple of months ago as I was reading the, this verse, I don't know if it happens to you. I, I would love it to happen more. But it was one of those moments where, where the words in the page just felt like they were in 3D. They just jumped. They actually jumped off the page. I don't know how else better to describe that. But it was this... Uh, Jesus had finished speaking and said to Simon, put out into the deep water. Simon, it's time to go into the deep. And uh, as I've just meditated upon that for the last number of weeks, I felt that there was an invitation that, that the Father was making to me and that actually he was maybe wanting to make it that same invitation for the church. Church, it's time to go into the deep. Church, it's time to put it out a little deeper. And I don't know if some of you in the room are feeling something of what Simon, Simon Peter became known as. I don't know if you, how many of you identify with Simon Peter's feelings suppose at the end of a year is you inevitably take stock. You start out a new year and many of us will be wanting things to be different. And I wonder if there's some of us that feel something like what Simon Peter felt, that you've came back empty. You've came up empty. I hope there's nobody but maybe in a room with the amount of people that's in this room, there's a sense that as you, as you began to take stock, you were coming, you were coming out empty feeling like you'd caught nothing. And I love that 
that Jesus does not condemn Peter. He doesn't say, Peter, you've got it, you, you got it wrong. You, you, you were using the wrong techniques. Your methods are all wrong. He never, he never criticized him. He never made him feel bad because he came up empty-handed. He never made him, he never made him feel like he was, there was something wrong with him because he had caught nothing. His response to Simon Peter, and I think his response to us is, that's okay, get in the boat. We're gonna go a little deeper. We're gonna put out into deep water. And I know that uh, I've been trying to, we come towards the end of the year, we talked about uh, activating your imagination and I've been, been trying that. It doesn't come uh, as naturally to me as it does to some people in the room. And, but because we know a little bit about the character of, of, of Simon, he was an emotional character. He was driven so often by his emotions and often blurted things out before he began, before he'd even thought. And, uh, and so I just imagine this moment where, where, where Simon Peter had, was almost at the stage of giving up. He was so frustrated. This is what he'd given his life to. This is what he was, this is what he was gifted at. This is what he, of all people, should have been really good at, coming back with fish. But he hadn't, and I imagine him standing at the side while Jesus is preaching, washing his nets, just feeling like he was, what's the point? This is what I was gifted at. This is, this is what I've been trained for. And I imagine the, the emotional state that he must have been in is, as Jesus said, Simon, let's go out into the deep. I still think that there was things he was muttering to himself as, as he got into the boat with Jesus. And as I was considering that uh, over the weekend, the reality for all of us is, as we consider what it's gonna be like to go into the deep, if you're willing to accept this invitation from Jesus, if you're willing to accept this invitation to go to put out a little deep, I think there's some things that you're gonna to have to be made aware of, which I'm convinced of. To go a little deeper, it's gonna mean sacrifice. And, uh, and, and I know that as we, as you've, some of us have maybe started New Year's resolutions, you are aware that to lose that few pound to whatever it is, to go the extra mile, it's going to mean sacrifice. And so there's nothing new there. We're on the 6th of January. I, uh, I'm near, I would near be afraid to ask, and I'll not ask for a raise of hands, but for some, maybe the sacrifice has not been worth it. And you decided yesterday, stuff it, I'm having a Chinese. I don't care. I don't care what I committed to. I don't care about losing that extra few pounds. This sacrifice is not worth it. And so some, I think, I think a lot of you know that it's to go a little deeper, it's going to mean sacrifice. It's going to mean letting go of some things. I just want to pause for a moment because I really felt like, I really felt this as I was praying about this last night, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was on this. And I, and I really believe for some of us that, that, that this is really significant. This is really important for us to hear, to go a little deeper, to go into the deep. It's going to mean letting go of some things. And I was just awaited upon the Holy Spirit just to, in, 
in the in my quiet time last night, I felt like there was there was there was three areas, and some of us need to let go of previous disappointments. Some of us need to let go of of wrong thinking. Ian's nodding his head. I can't not say it. Ian often here. Ian using the language of stinking thinking. We need to, there's some stuff that we need to let go of. There's some wrong thinking. There's some wrong. Uh, feelings of self and wrong thing, feelings of others that we need to let go of. And actually, I think there is some assumptions that you have made. There are some assumptions that you have made that, that need to be let go of if you're going to put out a little deeper. Previous disappointments, wrong thinking, and assumptions that you have made. Assumptions that you have made on people. Assumptions that you have made on people groups. Assumptions that you have made on denominations. Assumptions that you have made on your neighbours. There's some, there's some assumptions that you have made that you need to let go of. And I've been wrestling through that for, for the last number of months. There's assumptions that I have made about, about people groups. That to go a little deeper in relationships, there's some assumptions that I've needed to let go of. To be able to present somebody the mercy and the grace and the peace and the kindness of Jesus, there's some assumptions of people and even, even neighbors, even people within our community. There are some assumptions that I've made that, that I need to let go of for the sake of going deeper in my relationships with those that, that Jesus has has called us to, to reach, has called us to love. And I'm sure there's many areas that, that we could think about this morning, but as we, as we go on through the, ne the next number of Sundays, the areas that we are going to look probably more specifically at are our prayer life, our worship experience, and our relationships. And so for the next number of weeks, we're going to speak about our prayer life. We're going to be speaking about what, it, what it, that could look like to go a little deeper in our prayer life, our worship experience. Can I actually? Can I just read Psalm nineteen? Because our worship experience it, it it needs to be so much more than just when we gather, and it's the first part of our service on a Sunday morning, or when it's we put on YouTube and we get home and put on the best fifty best worship songs of two thousand and eighteen. It needs to be more than that. But for me, for me, over the last. Over the last wee while, I've I've tried to um, be more attentive when I'm surrounded by the wonder of creation. And so over the over the over the Christmas holidays, find ourselves in uh, making a trip to Silent Valley. And there's times where we we go to this, these places that are on our doorstep and take it for granted. We take it for granted the beauty that is around us and actually there was a moment that I just wanted to be, God, I just want to be attentive. I just want to be so attentive to this because this is a worship experience that you're, that you're uh, making available to us. And Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare his glory. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech and night after night, they display his knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. 
their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Incredible. So we want to look at our worship experience. Maybe we should take a field trip some Sunday morning and just worship creation. And we want to talk about relationships. Prayer life, worship experience and relationships are probably the three main areas that we're going to look at as we step into this theme at the start of this, start of this year. And I want to suggest to you that when, when the surface is all there is, when the surface is all there is, it is really difficult to get motivated, to get stirred, to get enthused by anything. When the surface is all there is. Because when the surface is all there is, again, maybe this is just my story. Maybe this is just my testimony. But when the surface is all there is, we somehow end up stuck on autopilot. And so our days, we, our days just, we just go through the, the routine. We just, it's just the run of the mill. We get stuck on autopilot and we, we wake, we, we go to work, we come home and we have our dinner, we watch our favorite box set, we go to bed and we start it all over again. And when the surface is all there is, it's hard to, it feels like it's hard to break that cycle. I heard I heard an old I heard an old priest uh, talk about this experience using uh, like the automated car washes. I don't know if there's any of them here. This guy's this guy's from the states, and he talks about how you drive your car into the car wash, and uh, and you leave the engine running, and you just leave it, and the and the machine does all the work. And the machine ends up just sucking you through while you just sit there. And, and I think for actually whenever the, the surface is all there is, we get into autopilot and the day just sucks us through. We let go. We let go of the steering wheel. The engine's still running. But the day just sucks us through. And when the surface is all there is, it is really hard to get enthused about anything. It's really hard to break. That and that's why we're we're wanting to say to you, we want to we're wanting you to accept this invitation. Let's go a little deeper. Let's pot out into the deep. And uh, and so it's just for a few minutes. I would I just want to share my my personal plan. I uh, maybe it's just maybe it's just me trying to play tricks on myself, but I I don't want to. I'm reluctant to use the word resolutions. Or I'm reluctant towards the use the word rules. And uh, I'm using the language habits of purpose. And so I've realized that everything that, there are so many things that conspire against depth. There are so many things in our world today that conspire against going deeper. And so I'm trying to find habits to reverse that. I'm trying to find habits that are going to reverse everything that is conspiring against depth. There's a theologian called Jan Walgrave, and he, the language he uses is virtual conspiracy. It's like the day that we're living in, it's a, it's a day of, of virtual conspiracy that is so against the interior life. It's so against the interior life, and it, 
And it's against it by keeping us entertained, by keeping us busy, by keeping us preoccupied and by keeping us distracted that we lose all focus on the deeper things. A virtual conspiracy. So I, I want to share a few things that I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to put in place, habits that I'm trying to create, habits of purpose that I'm trying to establish specifically in mind with the things that conspire against depth, depth going deeper and finding habits to reverse those. And I would, I would love you, I would love you to consider these four areas of your life that you could possibly create some habits in. Prayer, um, relationships, rest, and work. I'd love you to consider it. I'd love you to consider these four areas. And I want to offer you some of the habits that I've tried and have made a commitment to in at the beginning of this year. And so where prayer is concerned, I am committed myself to 15 minutes of silence a day. And that's not, I'm sure in mind don't, like if that's just impossible for you, that's okay. 15 minutes is, is it's too big a jump, that's fine. If that's even not your thing, don't worry. I want to share mine, but 15 minutes of silence a day. And, and it's not that, like our, our lives are busy, but actually it's, it's, it's that important to me. It's that important to go a little deeper that it's it diaried in. And so every day so far, it's only been six days, I don't want to sound like some sort of expert, but because it's diaried in, and it seems a weird thing to diary in, but I'm, 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 so, I'm so convinced so convinced I just need to stop I just need to slow down I just need to wait and already and there's been moments where the 15 minutes of silence has passed and it's been like nothing happened there's been 15 minutes of silence where it feels like some stuff <clears throat> some stuff that has just risen to the surface that feels like Holy Spirit just wants me to address that Holy Spirit just wants me to to be able to to respond to and it's maybe not in the in where prayer life is concerned, but when it comes to the reading of the of of the word, for the last three years I've done uh, Murray McShane's reading plan, and I've loved it. I feel like my my understand the bigger picture. So he takes us through the Bible, it takes you through the Old Testament twice, or sorry, the Old Testament once, the New Testament twice, and the Psalms twice. And I've loved that. I've been really grateful to, for that reading plan. But as I step into this new year, I'm a, I'm a, my desire is to go deeper. My desire when it comes to reading the word is to push out into the deep. I'm still, I'm still spending the same amount of time, but I'm taking it in smaller sections. And so Matthew 13, verse 5 and 6, that has been the place that I have been for three days. And so normally by now I should have had 24 chapters of the Bible read. I've done two verses, but there's been something about there's been something about wrestling and waiting and, and going back into those verses that I've just sat with for the, for the first few days of this year. They're my personal commitments when it comes to prayer and study. When it comes to rest, I suppose some of, this, some of the language we have talked about before, you've heard us use is, what is it that fills your tank? 
What is it that, uh, that just energizes you? What is it that you love doing? I love reading. I love reading and over the last number of months I've found, uh, I found certain novels and I've found certain uh, books of poetry um, just really helpful. I found, actually, found myself relating to the psalmist when in Psalm 42, verse 7, he says, the deep cries out the deep. And there's some places, that the authors that I've been reading over the last while, the, the, the depth, the depth of where they've went to, the depth of their stories, the depth of um, what they've, they're talking about, what they've revealed is, for me, has just called out something in me. I sort of committed myself to, to one book a month. One novel, one book, poetry a month, the other books. I'll just continue to read as I normally do. Regular forest walks, I'm increasingly just being able to enjoy that. I'd love to be able to say, I'd love to be able to say three times a month, but the weather just makes it really difficult to uh, commit to that. I suppose you could walk in the rain and worship in the rain, but regular forest walks, relationships. And for some of you, this is going to sound... Um, this is going to sound really bizarre. Like me and Judith do talk. Talk. We talk all the time. But I I, uh, I am so aware, as maybe many of you in the room are, that there is a, there is a bit of a difference between males and females. And so Judith, so the difference, again, maybe some of you will relate. You come home at the end of the day, and Judith will ask, how was your day? And I will say, it was good. I will ask Judith, how was your day? And 20 minutes later, she's still telling me about all that took place, all that went on, who said what, when they said it, why they said it. And, uh, and so, so, so I've just become aware of that. And I bec I've become aware of how important it is to go deeper in our relationships, that there is time just to set aside. Uh, so for now, once a week, that everything else is turned off. Everything else is shut down. I'm coming prepared. That maybe sounds awful, but for me, sometimes I need to do that. When it comes to relationships, when it comes to conversations, I need to enter it into prepared. Full, ready just to, to share my heart, ready to share my dreams. And so once a week, committing ourselves to being able to sit down and chat with everything else shut down for the sake of going deeper in our relationship. And for the sake of going deeper in relationships with others, we want to we want to go beneath the surface in our relationships and our friendships. And so there's a certain number of uh, times that we've committed ourselves to having regular guests for dinner. We believe something happens. We think we see that in the scripture. Something happens around the, around the kitchen table. Something happens in those moments that, uh, that can never happen in our, the short time that we have together on Sunday mornings or even during our midweeks. And then where work is concerned, um, I suppose maybe it could be a, potentially it could be a product, productivity thing. But for me, I'm, I've become increasingly aware of one of the things that, that, uh, that too often takes my attention, too often distracts, is, is scrolling through my phone. And so I've committed myself to at least seven days, seven scroll-free days. Um, so I'm not, I'm not avoiding, not necessarily avoiding the news, not necessarily throwing my phone away, but, but not scrolling. 
through social media, not scrolling for the sake of scrolling. And again, I don't, I don't want to take this time to, to make people feel bad about their social media usage. That's not, that's not what I'm doing. I just know for me, for the sake of going a little deeper, for the sake of, of, of dealing with, with some stuff that distracts, that keeps me busy, that keeps me preoccupied, at least seven scroll-free days a month. So there's habits of purpose that, I, that, that I've created for, for myself as stepping into 2019. Jesus said to Peter, put out into the deep water. And the reason why I've probably the quietness, the 15 minutes of silence has been that one thing that I feel like I probably prioritized more than anything else. Because I've become aware that quietness can reveal what is deepest inside of me. And I know that, I know, I know that the, these verses don't give us much more than, than Simon. It's time to put out into the deep water. And he did it. He put out into the deep water, threw his nets down, and there was a load of fish. I'm just not convinced it happened as quick as that. I'm convinced it could have, like Jesus could have made it happen, I suppose. But I don't think that's what happened. I think they pushed out a, a little deeper, away from the crowds, away from the noise, away from everything else, right out into the deep, where all it was was, all it was was Simon, Peter, and Jesus. And I think they waited. And I think they sat there like fishermen do and, 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 and were patient and sat stillness, sat in the quiet, maybe Simon Peter still huffing, still cross, still upset, but sat in the silence, sat in the solitude. And I think doing that, it reveals what is deepest inside of us. And so for me, at least, the first step in putting out into the deep is quiet in his presence. Quiet with Jesus, in solitude, in silence. And remaining there. Like I'd love to come to the end of this year and, and say that like 15 minutes is now a breeze. It's so easy. Whatever X amount of time. But for me, the first step is have, for me personally, it's had to be to go into the deep, is to be quiet in his presence, to be rest, to be so, silent, find that place of solitude. And already, and I'm not going to go into it, but already there's things that have come to the surface. But already there's things that have came to the surface. I actually am aware that there's things that in those moments where my mind begins to wander, it actually reveals what is, what is deepest inside me. It actually begins to reveal where my heart is set. It, I think it reveals what it is that I really want. Sometimes, it's, sometimes you feel guilty. Sometimes, oh Jesus, I committed 15 minutes just to be silent in, in, in your presence. And my mind has went here. My mind just went to, what if somebody has sent me a message in the 15 minutes that I was silent? Some bizarre things, you think. And it reveals where your heart is set. It reveals what it is that you really want. It's, it reveals where your deepest longings, I think, are directed. There's a moment in Matthew chapter 13 that, is, that feels similar to this Luke 5 moment. Matthew 13, let me read it. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake, and such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. Similar story to what we've 
just read in Luke 5. Jesus, because of the crowds, got into a boat, sat in it, while all the people stood on, sh stood on the shore, and he began, to, he began to speak. And he shared them. He told them many things in parables. And then we have the parable of the sower. And I think something of what Jesus says here in Matthew 13, it, it, it almost corresponds with what he said in Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, he said to Simon Peter, it's time to go a little deeper. And for me, as we look at the parable of the sower, Jesus is saying, it's time to dig a little deeper. Because as Jesus is talking about the, the soil that has been scattered, the birds have came and picked up and ate the, one, the, the seed that fell on the path. But some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was sh shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. And here I think Jesus is saying it's time to dig a little deeper. The, sh the soil, let me be careful, the soil was so shallow that he, that the, that the, the, the the seed had sprouted quickly on the surface. On the surface, things look good. And maybe when it comes to your prayer life, when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to your rest, when it comes to your work, on the surface, things look good. But if the soil is shallow, if there's no depth of soil, then when the heat is applied, when the heat is applied, it cannot stand. It cannot stand because their roots are too shallow. And maybe in some ways, this is an awful way to, to be the first message of 2019. But the reality is, the truth is that some stage in 2019, heat is going to be applied. Pressure is going to be applied. Pressure is going to come upon you. That sense of, of being scorched is going to come. In some ways, that, that's not the, the positive go on, take the world message that maybe some of us want to hear. And in some ways, I'd love to give, but the, tr the truth is, I am so aware that, a, that sickness is, will come, loss will come, a crisis will come in 2019. And it's why this, it's why this series for me is... is is taking on such importance because when it comes, when the heat is applied, when the pressure comes, when you're left with a loss or with a sickness or with a crisis, all of those things that have occupied our minds and our attention, the box sets are going to mean nothing at that moment. Our scrolling through social media at that moment is not going to mean anything to us and we're going to be left we're going to be left to look into our own depth. We're going to be left to look into our own depth in those moments. And my fear for myself is that whenever I, whenever I am forced to look into my own depth, my fear is that, the, that it's going to frighten me. It's going to frighten me as I, as I look and see, see that there is this abyss, this hole, because I've spent years avoiding going deeper because I've spent years avoiding 
pushing out into the deep, accepting his invitation to push out a little dip, deeper, to dig a little deeper. And I think for all of us, in one form or another, we're going to be faced with a moment this year that, we're, that we end up having to look into our own depth. And I'd love it that the soil was, was so deep. I'd love it that we were right out into the depths of the waters with Jesus. And whether you wilt or not, whether you wilt or not, whether you remain standing or not, depends on the depth of your soil, depends on the depth of your soul. And I desperately hope you hear my heart this morning. Because in many ways, I'm so excited about what God wants to do. So thrilled about the things that he is inviting us to be involved in. But not to acknowledge that the heat's going to come. Not to acknowledge that the pressure's going to come. I think it would be remiss of me not to do that. But the positive thing is that let's, let's take steps. Let's, let's take steps together. To go a little deeper. And so I'd love you to consider, because that's where we're going to go over the next number of weeks, is to consider our prayer life. What about the depth of your prayer life? It, it may be regular. Like for many of us, we, we rarely miss the Monday mornings. We are always there when it comes to pray at the living room in the midweek. Even for some of us, we're at the Friday mornings at the castle. And so our prayer times are regular. We'll show up at the times that we've showed up. And it may be wide. We may cover everything from my auntie's big toe to the poverty of millions across the world. It may be wide. But for me, at least, I'm wanting to go deeper. I need to go out into the deep. And so we're going to do we're going to do that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to be we're going to challenge ourselves with that over the next over the next number of weeks. So um, so Jason's going to come and and, uh, and finish with one last song. And I'd love you to stand. Would you stand and and um, let me pray. We'll sing our last sing our last song. Take up our Take up our offering. This is where in the quiet times this week, some of those 15 minutes of silence do where my mind's wondered just when it comes to the offering. How great would it have been if that couple from Moyer were part of our church? What a tie that would have been. It shows maybe where my heart is. It shows where, I'm, where my mind wanders to. So Father, I thank you for, I thank you for the people in this room this morning. Thank you for people made in your own image. Every person in this room, divine image bearers. God, I just pray that uh, for each one of us, wherever we find ourselves in, that that would be, that would be restored. Whether we've entered into relationship with you or not, we...
set your love and your affection upon us. And Jesus, as we as we continue on these Sunday mornings, we're we're wanting to be like the disciples in many ways that seen something in you that caused us to ask, Lord, teach us to pray. shift in our motivations there will be a shift in the things that preoccupy us God there will be a willingness just to lay ourselves bare before you and the things that you reveal in those times God that, that you're never wanting to reveal them to condemn you're never, you're never never ever revealing them to make us feel shame everything you do and everything you reveal is for our good and for your glory